Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Making a Scene podcast. My name is John Giuffray. Thank you for joining me today. And as usual in the Making a Scene podcast, we are going to be talking to a unique character, an unorthodox thinker, a creative troublemaker, and her name is Sabria Dobbins. And we're going to go in deep with Sabria about what it is that makes her such an unorthodox thinker. She is uh, she's the founder of Project Passport, which is a company that helps run women's retreats and also corporate retreats, uh, all focused around mental health and the different modalities that can all be applied, 20 plus different modalities she talks about that can come together in running um, um, either an individual or a collective group, their, their mental health and really starting that conversation and, and that practice of looking at it as a lifestyle. Um, we talk about a lot of great stuff. We talk about everything from her life story that's that's gotten her on this journey and made her that unique character. We talk about very kind of nitty gritty, her approach to working with clients and working with groups. And then we talk about the scene that she wants to make and a bunch of other things in between. It's a really great conversation. I think you're going to love it. I had a great time getting to know Sabria. And um, honestly, I, I think you're going to have a great time listening to this one. She is, she is just... Uh, she is just a ball of joy. She's a, she's a giant smile. It's, she'll put a smile on your face. You're really going to love this episode. Um, but before we get to that, I would encourage you to check out the Artworks Group on Facebook. Yes, this show is brought to you by the Artworks Group, which is also a group that I made. And I highly encourage you to check it out if you are in the event, creative, or marketing gig economy. Because the gig economy kind of sucks. And we want to build the partnership economy. We want to build an economy where we're all working together and combining our talents in all the appropriate ways to make amazing things that we're excited to make that are useful and beautiful for the world. And we want to make them for fair prices and we want to make them for people who really appreciate and need them. And that's what we're doing in Artworks. We're helping uh, uh, creative marketing and event production gig workers instead join the partnership economy where you keep all the freedom of the gig economy, but without that fierce competition, without, without any of the nonsense. And we're getting people good gigs, good connections, dream gigs, paid work that matters, that helps people. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, please check out facebook.com slash groups slash artworks group. And in the meantime, enjoy my discussion with Sabria Dobbins. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Making a Scene. My name's John Giuffray. Thank you for joining me today. And as I said in the pre-roll, we have the wonderful Sabria Dobbins as our guest. Sabria is a mental health and wellness expert, and she's also the founder of Project Passport, where they do a lot of retreats right now in, in kind of the age of COVID. It's a lot of digital events and online support to help you get your mental and your emotional wellness and get your life kind of together and, and learn to talk about something that's very difficult. And um, I'm, I'm just really happy to have you on the show today, Sabria. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, John. I'm really excited to be here. Right on. Well, I guess I'll start with where uh, kind of how I I heard of you. Um, one of our previous guests, uh, Sonny Sue and, and also Sam Hebda, actually, um, they run a show called In Orbit. And on the other side of that show, something they mentioned was something called The Vortex. And they do a lot of business masterminds and entrepreneurship events. And I attended one of them. And my intention was to show up and speak and contribute things. 
And then I had like a client call me and they're like, oh, my, my business is burning to the ground. Can you please help me? So I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm like trying to solve that over here. And I hear someone speak in the event while I'm on mute and my camera's off. And it turned out that it was Sabria. And Sabria, <laughs> within five to 15 seconds of hearing you speak, I was like, I got to get her on the podcast. She's going to be a star. Like you, you, <laughs> you, you know, everyone else felt a little awkward. Maybe people weren't talking quite so much, but you, uh, you really lit up the room. And honestly, I was amazed to hear your story about how you've maneuvered through COVID and everything like that and why you founded Project Passport. So I'm really hoping to just kind of dive into that today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think that we are all in this space where everybody feels like they have to have it figured out and we all have to know what's going on and know what we're going to do next. But honestly speaking, we're all trying to figure out this thing together. Let's be honest. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that as a society, we just need to cut ourselves some slack for a second. And so I'm really working to create sacred spaces for people. You know, my job is to help people figure out what works for their well-being, for their mental wellness, for their mental health. Everybody has their own modality and everything that works for them. So my job is just to provide that space to experiment. And so that's how I see myself. Um, my story goes back to, I would say college. I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression, a lot of ebbs and flows. I really struggled to regulate my emotions. Um, if I had a low, it was very low, like to the point where I didn't care if I woke up the next day low. It was bad. And then when I had my highs, they were so high that it almost scared me sometimes because I would feel this really overwhelming high that I didn't understand. And so I really, throughout college, imagine me going on this roller coaster constantly. And I was an overachiever. I was the 4.0 student, valedictorian, yet I was one of the most unhappy people, even though people thought I had it all. And so... I got, when I graduated, I ended up uh, going into the workforce, successful in real estate. I was doing good, like good, good, you know? And everybody was like, oh gosh, you're making this money. You got your, got your house, got your man, everything's good. But people didn't realize that for me, I still was feeling like something was missing inside. So my anxiety was kicking up high. Real estate is a stressful field. Um, and I ended up finding myself in a counseling again. I had counseling in college and I was in counseling again when I graduated. And Finally, that was my time where I realized I had to stop living a life that was to look good for everybody else, a life that was supposed to look the part, but it really wasn't authentic to who I was. And so that's kind of where my story began with Project Passport. I love that. And that's honestly like, it, it sounds almost like a cliche to say, but it's, it's, it's true. Everyone has to say it because it's true. We don't focus on our mental health enough. It's only been this year I mean I you know you want to talk about you know college or university I when I went to school I had a roommate or, or a best friend who uh, they were going through a, a very 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 tough time with their identity with mm -hmm. they ended up uh, coming out and transitioning and there was a whole bunch of family stuff that was bothering them whatever so they they were all kinds of messed up and they went to the school counselor about it and the school counselor actually put them on suicide watch for a bit. And my friend missed the next two appointments. Now they were with me, we were hanging out. We were just like playing video games or something. Uh, but she missed two appointments. She was on suicide watch. No one called her till like four weeks later. They're like, oh, by the way, are, are you dead? Like, what's up? Like, and it's like, okay. So people really ain't doing their jobs. 
honestly. Uh, so that was kind of a, an eye opener for me. And of course, I've uh, I, I can relate very much to that idea of like kind of kind of mood swings where you have the the one to two month period where you're like you're on 18 hours a day and you're like, I got it. I'm a genius. I can take over the world. And then you're yes. just like, I'm going to take a nap for like seven weeks, please. Like, oh, my God. So and I never can- get up again, like ever. I, I mean, there was the, my lows were just so low that it, people had. They just, I mean, it was to the point where if I had a conversation with somebody, I would literally dwell on it for weeks because I feel like I said something stupid and I'm, and they probably forgot they even talked to me, but I would create these entire narratives in my head. That's how bad things had gotten for me. And it was so isolating, so isolating. Yeah. So, okay. So we have Sabria in, in school and you're, you're realizing, and then as you go into your career, okay, well, there's a real problem here and, and maybe I should do something about it. What do you then go do about it? How do you go from there to, well, now you're in charge of Project Passport. What's that story? Yes, so I actually had, through counseling, while in counseling, I ended up quitting my real estate career. So I had a short, successful stint, quit it, and I ended up going to higher ed thinking, yep, change jobs, change total careers, my life is fixed, voila, you know, bippity, bippity, boop, bippity, bop. And so I'm thinking, okay, we're good. I got a new career. I get to help people because I'm working in higher ed. And I still felt like crap. The very first day at that new job, I said, wow, this is not going to work. I remember literally calling my fiance the first day saying, this is not going to work. And it was crazy because I was like, what? I did everything. I went to college. I got the degrees. Why am I still unhappy? So I, and he, ironically, a couple months into the job, I would say about six to seven months into the job, so maybe more than a couple, he actually got an offer, my fiance, to work a job in Belize. Yeah, Belize. Wow. So we actually moved overseas to Belize, That's kept cool. our house, but we, we moved our, our, as much as we could, boarded our dogs with our, my parents, and we moved to Belize. And wow. I spent every day by myself in an old dusty apartment dealing with myself. I had no car, you know, Belize is not always the safest place to be. So I couldn't just be exploring while he was at work. So he was at work all day and I was in that apartment to deal with Sabria. That was the first time in years that I had to deal with my own silence. I had no distractions. I couldn't just go to the store to to, to buzz it all out. I couldn't just call friends all the time either because of the, the different time differences and what we're doing. It was a transition. And during that time, you know, a little before I had thought of this idea of creating this sacred space, but when I was in Belize, I started just doing it. I mean, I literally was there, I had nothing else to do. So I just started saying, how do I create an experimental zone for mental well-being where people can do interactive activities, really make mental wellness fun and participatory and something that people feel connected to? How can I do that? So I spent my time on the website for hours and just just researching and reading. And oh, my gosh, it was like I, I opened a side of my brain that I didn't know existed, this creative paradise that I never knew I could have and over that time over those several weeks I think it was several weeks were out there I created Project Passport so while I was out there I launched and then as I got back I really got into Project Passport so later in that year so that's how I started it's a crazy story but that's my beginning (laughs) that's I mean it it sounds like it, it should be obvious but like 
you know, obviously life isn't all sunshines and rainbows, but when you say mental health should or could be fun, it's like, well, if you're, if you're mentally healthy, hopefully everything's kind of fun. Right. And it's like, but we look at it like it has to be this serious, ominous. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out who my demon is and I'm going to challenge him to an Agni Kai in the closet. And it's like, no, no, it's, this should be about you learning to be creative again or learning to smile again or learning to trust people again. And that's supposed to be fun on the other side of it. It's tough, but it should be fun too. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly that. That's what I wanted it to be a process where people didn't have to feel the fear of judgment. You know, I think mental health is everything. People love to make mental health just this clinical little box. Like you have anxiety, you have depression, you have this. Mental health is every aspect of our life. It is how we deal with racial justice. It's how we see ourselves. It's how we see purpose. It's how we deal with individual day-to-day stressors. It's how productive we feel and how do we make ourselves productive in a way that makes sense for us. It is all those things. And ironically, I teach all of those topics. So it's, I just mentioned them all, but it's, <laughs> to me, it's everything. And I think that people, we silo mental health so often to just some yoga or just breathe and everything will be okay. But why not combine all these different types of modalities into one experience where people get to test out and try? Because you know what? Yoga is not for everybody. Breathing exercises are not for everybody. Tapping exercises are not for everybody. So our retreats, what I do in my retreats at this company is I combine a little bit of everything to allow people to experience multiple things. So for one given retreat, we can do 20 different wellness activities across so many topics just to help them figure out what works. But you're right, it's supposed to be fun to me. It's I, I always say to people, I want mental health with me to feel like you're going to Disney World, right? It's the yeah. Disney World of your personal development, the Disney World of your experiences. And that's really what I aim to do um, with these retreat experiences that I designed through my company. I love that. And it's like, we, we, we compartmentalize a lot of things in our society. And like the analog with physical health would be, let's say you, you know, let's say someone's very overweight and they're suffering from a weight problem. Well, just because they make a change to every dinner, I'm going to eat a salad instead of a bowl of Cheetos. It's like, Hey, that's great. Good for you, man. But if you're still the rest of the day, not doing the things you need to do, right? Like the obesity wouldn't go away or whatever physical disease doesn't go away just because you did 20 minutes of something at dinner. Well, mental health doesn't go away. Like just because, okay, I did my Wim Hof breathing today. Great. Okay. More power (laughs) to you. That's amazing. But fucking the demons in the closet are going to be there at 11 PM, 11 AM. They're going to be there the whole time. So like you can't have a uh, uh, like a, a, I'm going to take the medicine every day approach. You do that too, but it's more like awareness, right? Of, of in general with your, your spirit and your lifestyle. Yeah. And it's about figuring out what works for you. I, I'm so sick of this society that is so convinced to tell the person, this is the one way to address your mental health, go to talk therapy. That's it. Or go do these breathing exercises and that'll change your life or go to yoga. Why does it have to be that? Why can't we patchwork a system of modalities that works for us? We are so complex as people and, and people love to just assign a, a band-aid to everybody's life. Everybody wants to put a band-aid on someone's problems. And I think it's the reason why is because we get uncomfortable. It makes people uncomfortable to know that you're experiencing discomfort. So if it's like, oh, let me just give you this little solution band-aid. Okay. Oh, talk therapy, go to counseling. Great. You'll be okay. Perfect. Everything's okay. 
but people don't realize that mental health is truly it's an everyday process it's a it's a patchwork of systems that you find work for you so maybe you do need to breathe in the morning and maybe in the afternoon you need to do a scaling exercise to scale out your stressors and to organize them and figure out what you want to do or maybe you need to learn how to organize your to-do list a little bit better so you're not feeling overwhelmed each day and and maybe you need to end the day with the meditation right but but the thing is you didn't have to do just one thing right you got to do multiple things and that's what i believe and and it's a really kind of I guess people may think I'm a little, you know, uh, eccentric or whatnot, but hey, that's just how I see mental health and what it should be. I love that. So, so let's get into, God, there are so many kind of directions <laughs> I want to go with this, but um, I guess the, the best way to give people an idea, okay, I'm maybe use me as a case study. I attend a Project Passport event or a digital event, or I do one-on-one -on -one work with you. Where do we start? What are all these? You said like 20 different exercises. Like what, what is, what's the process? What happens? Yes. Okay. So I'll just give you an example for our company retreats because those have been the most um, busy. That's been the most busy thing for this year. You know, we um, we're doing a lot of things with NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We've done a lot of different things, but right now our core focus is working with organizations and companies, nonprofits, um, different industries. I mean, we have clients from every walk of life you can think of. And what happens is oftentimes a company will say to me, wow, my team, they're, you know, they're feeling really stressed out. They're feeling really frustrated. So let's say you're one of those team members and I'll say to them, okay, well, tell me more about what's going on. Right? So, well, a lot of them are, are just shutting down. They're, they're on meetings, but I can tell they're not really there or they're not really getting their deliverables turned in or things like that. So then I think of it. So when I think of this, this stuff, we always think that it's like, oh, they're not productive. So we need to go do some some professional development, which is, it's important, but I think that we have to remember that mental health, it follows us every single day. One of my team members, she says a really cool phrase that I love, we're only as good as our mental health, right? So work and life, we always try to separate it. Life is work, work is life. Who are we kidding, right? Especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we literally go through the issues that that company may be facing and we literally create a framework for them to go through. So one of the most popular topics we do is stress management. So we'll say, okay, your core topics will be stress management. We'll do a little purpose work to remind them why they started working with this company or why they do what they do. We'll move a little bit into intentional productivity to help them understand how to be productive in a way that's more um, positive for them and gives themselves grace. So maybe those are the three topics. And so what happens is we can create and select activities under each topic for people to participate in. So for example, the stress module may have a yoga exercise, a Tai Chi exercise. We may also include a scaling of your stress exercise. We may include also um, a drilling down exercise where we go into what are your individual stressors and why and why and get deeper into what the real stressor is. We have multiple exercises we'll do. So in that given hour on that stress topic, we may cover five different methods or things to manage your stress. So that's how they work. So it's really different. We call it blitz style because we, cha we change gears constantly. You're not going to do the same thing for more than 25 minutes or so. Um, and that's what we do. And so each topic would have its own set of activities. And that's how retreats turn into 20 topics or, or sorry, 20 activity retreats because they're covering multiple modules in different areas of that person's life. I know there's a really long description, so I hope that made sense. No, no, that's <laughs> great. That sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. I used to... Um... One of, one of the earlier guests on the show, uh, Elliot Hulse, I used to um, help him produce his grounding camp retreats. And that was very much a, like a mind body um, approach. We did a lot of bioenergetics and breath work and, and, you know, ocean mm -hmm. meditations, guided meditations. And 
this is kind of reminding me of that. There's something, there's something really unique about getting a bunch of people in a sacred space where it's like, in, in our case, it would be, all right, we're going driving to the fucking woods for an <laughs> hour or whatever it is. You know, you rent out a fucking YMCA, maybe. I don't know what yeah, you do. You get yeah. a special space and it's like, this is the space. We're doing the thing. What happens outside of here? You can leave that at the door and we're going to do something special in here. And uh, my, my karate teacher when I was a kid, he used to say, you, uh, everyone brings in a bag of shit with them to karate class, but you have to leave that at the door with your shoes. And then when you put your shoes back on, on the way out, you can pick up the bag of garbage or not. Yes. And, um, but, but so, um, all right. So you have this, this sort of holistic approach to it. And how long are you, are you doing the retreats for? Are they one day retreats or people staying overnight or? So these are all virtual, believe it or not. And guess what? It is crazy. But we are able to keep people engaged. On average, we do five to six hour retreats. And people are, are on five or six hours virtually with us. And so people are like, what? How do you keep people on a retreat for five or six hours on a computer? But everything is virtual at this time. You know, we were, we did actually have retreats booked in person. We had one for Kenya earlier this year, but it was unfortunately canceled. Basically everything we had planned as a company was canceled. So imagine launching last year, working really hard to design a beautiful plan of retreats into 2020 and everything is canceled. So that's a whole other traumatic story in itself, but we bounce back as you can see. And so now we're doing these virtual retreats. And like I said, on average, they're about five to six hours that companies are doing. And, you know, of course they may have a lunch break in between, but it's, it's a really cool experience because like I said, with DJ music going in between and everything happening, it's really, it flies by before you know it, it's like, oh my gosh, the retreat is over. And so that's, that's what we're about. I love that. I, I can relate a lot to that. Like with, uh, with, I think COVID obviously uh, screwed a lot of industries, <laughs> but there's, it's, there's a beautiful, like kind of irony, I think to both what you do and almost to what I do in your case, mental health. It's like, oh, okay. You guys teach mental health. You guys think you're good at handling stress. Are you? Okay. Well, broke your business. What's up? <laughs> I figure it out again. And in my case, it's like, oh, oh, you do, you do creative and marketing projects with, with people. Is that what you do? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. No more events, no more live production. It's all gone. <laughs> Goodbye. Have fun. All the comedy clubs are closed. All the music venues are closed. I'm like, oh no. Can oh I do my online God. marketing for people? <laughs> no one has any money right now. Oh no. <laughs> the music check didn't come in. What are people buying? Too bad. Not your shit. Okay, cool. So it's like, <laughs> I everything out. And it's like, I, 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 that's actually what made me turn and pay attention when you were speaking in that vortex event because you were telling the story of that um um I, I guess we'll call it a pivot it's more like a a fucking giant parkour maneuver not yes pivot, but um I so okay so it's February it's March maybe you see something on the news there's this coronavirus coming and it's in it's in China right mm -hmm. now there are a few cases in Washington state what's going on in your head and when did you realize Oh, it fucked it. When was that moment? And then what'd you do? Wow. So man, I'm telling you, so I had just in January had get all, got all the reservations finalized for the bookings and the hotels and lining everything up. You know, I'm excited. I'm like, oh crap, I'm leading my first like, you know, international retreat. This is going to be crazy. Yes. I mean, we have been working our butts off all the previous year for that moment. Right. So just advertising, marketing, doing research, 
so much time, money, and energy focused on this Kenya retreat that was going to be our first kind of keystone international experience. I would say about March, April, I started, I started, well, I would say March-ish, I started to say, okay, wait, hold up, you know, this, this, this is about to ruin our lives a little bit. Like I'm, I'm like, oh my God. And so then finally, I would say like later and fucked kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was crazy. Cause I'm over here, like, you know, I'm leading this team. They all are looking up to me saying, Hey, Sabria, what you, you know, what do you want to do? And I shut down my mental completely shut down. I remember going into a nervous breakdown mode to the point where I ended up having to take a two week hiatus. I literally just stopped company operations for like two weeks straight because I was so I mean, it was traumatizing. I mean, imagine, I mean, I know some people were planning their events. I get it. I'm not the only one, but just all my life's work was, was just like really hinging on this was our breakout opportunity because that was our hardest part, right? You're trying to get people to trust you to go abroad. So having that first retreat under our belt would have meant everything Mm -hmm. for in-person retreats. And so it was quite devastating. I mean, I literally shut down. I went to a really dark space, but you know what? After that hiatus, that silence I put myself in once again, I was able to come out saying, okay, you know what? I have two choices. I can say, you know what, Sabria? Basically just tell your whole team you can't do it anymore and just be done with it and move on and just quit and just shut up and get over it. That's why I either, or I can get up and say, you know what? You're gonna go virtual. You don't know what you're doing. You're terrified, but you're gonna figure that crap out whether you like it or not, you're gonna figure it out. And so I, I asked myself, I said, this is a question I asked myself often to this day. How long will you stay there? How long will you stay there? How long will you stay on the ground crying? tear soaked pillow. How long will you do that? So I finally pulled myself together and I had to sit down. We had some really important meetings with my team and we finally said, we said, okay, we're going to figure this out. So we originally started doing many um, virtual retreats online for women. It was kind of our focus at the time. And then it slowly began to spiral into, you know, I had a company or two that somehow the connection was made and we did a retreat for them. And I was like, hmm, maybe I can do that a little bit. Then I remember getting burnt out once again after doing these women's retreats. I was like, oh my God, I have to promote every virtual event. Even the free ones are hard to get people to show up to. What the, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, yo, this is like, I'm, this is like starting my whole company over. I, I didn't know if I could do this. Well, it's ironic because the very last I had said, you know what, I got to cancel women's retreats. I can't do them anymore. I got to take a break. So I ended up my very last women's retreat a woman last minute signed up for the retreat, right? She last minute signed up, booked a spot, paid like 15 bucks. Literally at the end of the retreat, emails me the next day saying, oh my gosh, I love what you do. I'd love to have you do a retreat for my team. And I'm like, okay, okay. And she was like, yeah, we have a budget. You know, um, our budget range is, um, I think it was like, you know, 800 to $1,000. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is, this is, this is, a viable option. Like we might be able to do something with this. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, at my last, I didn't know what I was going to do, but at my last waking opportunity of my last retreat for women, that opportunity came. And now we, you know, now we've been serving companies all over the U.S. from California to Washington, D.C. to Atlanta to Washington State. I mean, it has been, it, it's, it's just insane the need and insane the opportunity that has appeared all because we just tried, we just 
put ourselves out there to see what would happen. And it, it's crazy how sometimes the stars align and I'm just so grateful. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to bounce back. That's amazing. And, and honestly, I can, you know, I'm sure everyone watching or listening can, can read how, how genuine that excitement is. And, yeah. and it is amazing. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm very happy for you that it's working out. And, and that's, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's another misconception that people would even have about mental health, which is at some point you figure it out and then nothing bothers you anymore. It's like, Mm -mm. no life sucks sometimes it's crazy <laughs> like, like yeah you figure out how to deal with it like you figure out okay I'm gonna have a depressive week or there's a phase that's happening or I'm really stressed at work but it's like okay I can overcome that there is a belief that I'll figure it out there is you pick yourself back up because things will always be challenging in one yes. degree or another but it's how you learn to manage and deal with that the same way that you can be an ultra marathon runner, fucking power lifter, strong as hell. And guess what? You weren't looking where you were walking. You slipped, you broke your fucking ankle. Guess what? Now <laughs> you're back in prehab, hip, hip, hooray, or, or yes. whatever it is, right? That's life. And that is life. I tell you, man, it's, you're right about that. That's true. The truth. So one thing you, you mentioned there you mentioned that you, uh, well, I, actually, I want to circle back. That first in-person event was going to be in Kenya. That's, mm -hmm. um, at the face of it, a very surprising thing to hear. Okay, so an American woman is going to do her very first event all the way over in Kenya. Like, why aren't you doing that in New York or Vegas or Florida? <laughs> so, so why Kenya specifically? That's interesting. So I'm crazy. That's why. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But I mean, who am I kidding? So, yes, of course you would think that someone would plan their first retreat to be something local, you're right. And our very, very, very first event, I mean, let me add, we did have like a one day women's conference event that we hosted back in my hometown Fayetteville, but like our first retreat retreat, like multiple days type thing. Yes, I'm insane. I decided to host it in Kenya. And the reason why was because when I think of my retreats, I don't want them, I, people think of a retreat as some like center in the mountains and you're sitting in a room all day with tables and, it's like some conference room at a hotel or something like that. And that's what you're doing all day. And I, you know, I didn't want that experience. I wanted to somehow immerse these interactive wellness activities alongside con contributory excursions as well. So I wanted these excursions to also be meaningful, but not just be just only fun, but like be able to connect the fun, the wellness all into one space. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we do a retreat on self-discovery? A lot of, it was specifically for women that I created this retreat. Cause I was like, you know what? Everybody's trying to figure out who they are. Everybody's trying to figure out life. You know, whether you're my, you know whether you're in the early stages or whether you're in the, your seventies everybody's in that space where we're trying to figure out our lives. And so I was like, I want to create some type of self-discovery experience to kind of be our breakout retreat. Some type of, you know, figure out who you are. Well, ironically, I figured out that Kenya is where life began. Everybody is based in Kenya. So I was like, well, why not do a retreat somewhere where life began to figure out who you are? Mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine the energy, the experience that it would be from this land, from this place, from these people. So that's what I decided. And that's kind of like what formulated. And so what I was going to be doing is that we were going to immerse these activities alongside cultural experience. When you're in Kenya, we're going to do different cultural experiences. We're going to go to safaris and they would all kind of be comprised of wellness activities, kind of inner between and whatnot. So that was the vision. 
And um, I really do hope we can still do it. I mean, we were actually going to try to go next year, but it seems like things are not getting better in the, in America. And it's a, it's a big liability as a company. So we actually have to cancel again. So we're probably going to have to do 2022, unfortunately, but I'm hoping that it works out. I want to go to Kenya. So keep, <laughs> keep me updated. I'm a, I'm a, Look, I'm I got to expand it to men and women. I have to, cause it originally was for women, but you know, I, I'm starting to see more and more men that are taking mental health seriously, especially on these retreats. You know, the men there are like, Oh God, what is this wellness retreat? And then they come and they're like the main ones speaking. So I'm actually starting to realize there may be room for us to actually provide more for men. Cause originally our travel retreats were only for women. So it's, it's, it's something to consider for sure. It's, it's very interesting seeing how um, there's been kind of an evolving narrative, I think, in the past maybe five years about there's now it's very popular to do men's work retreats. And I, I think that's great, just like it's popular to do women's work retreats and then co-ed retreats. I think it's it's beautiful to have all of those yes. different um, um, options available because you'll get different kind of results at, at each one. But it's there is such a narrative about the way people talk about, or I, I guess men, a lot of men talk about mental health and their emotions. And like, uh, you know, the cultural touchstone of the moment is Kanye on, on Joe Rogan. And mm -hmm. that man, uh, you know, whatever you think about any of the things he says, the way he says it is fully authentic and fully in touch with, uh, with his feelings. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see, like I had, um, I have one client, obviously client confidentiality, but I had someone on my team who was going through what's called a brand sprint with them, which is we're going to ask you a lot of questions and try to get like deep into like, you know, when I was seven, my mom said this kind of shit so that we can figure out the core of who you are as a human so that we can make a brand and visuals and a website and copy and all this stuff that accurately represents you and, and even enhances all of the best parts of your vision for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because one of the, the client was a very, uh, 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 how do I, I'm, I'm trying to say this in the most flattering way, very like tough, masculine, just, just fucking yeah. big, big old cock. Just, <laughs> you know, I just one of those. And he's, he's great. And he wants to Macho. do a lot of men's work stuff. And I, I love that. And one of the first questions, my team member, uh, Sarah, who was like, a short small like little 20 year old girl with like this 50 year old fucking ah man and she's like it was it was one of the first exercises I had her do with the client I'm like let's see if she does this will be fun let's see and the first question was if you're if your brand was an animal what would it be and he's like fucking sasquatch and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like have fun y'all and I go <laughs> I go for a second to take something else out and I come back 20 minutes later and like, he's just sitting there talking about like his, his he's like, man, sometimes the Sasquatch cries too. He just wants to play ball. I'm like, ah, I love it. It's beautiful. Oh, I love, I'm telling you, it, everybody, everybody has mental health, a hundred percent of us. And I think that society has gotten caught up in these numbers. One in five people, blah, 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 blah. No, five in five people could experience a mental health issue at any given time, every one of us. And so it's so important that we provide resources across the board. And I think you're so right. I think it's so important to remember that, you know, people may, you may be able to dig into them different ways, but everybody has those emotions, just figuring out how do you tap into theirs? Because everybody has a different kind of wall up that you have to work through. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it.
one thing you mentioned when, when you were um, kind of going through that shift to doing all the digital stuff, you're saying you prayed, you prayed, you prayed. Another thing that you had mentioned on that call where I first heard you was the importance of faith and spirituality in terms of your mindset and your life. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could just talk however much you feel comfortable about that element of it. Absolutely. I mean, spirituality directly ties into mental health. Um, believe it or not, I have, I read this book by this entrepreneur and he talks about how he had like a severe, severe psychotic break and breakdowns and all these things throughout his journey of becoming a successful entrepreneur. And ironically, he didn't believe in any type of higher power throughout the book. And it's not to say that, you know, you have to believe, but I'm telling you, in my personal experience, it has changed my life to lean on God throughout my journey as an entrepreneur. You know, I don't put so much of the responsibility on myself anymore. And even when it comes to other people, I don't have faith in other people. I have faith in what God can do through other people for me. And I have seen it. And I know people can say, you know, people make faith is very hard to understand unless you're in it. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time praying and meditating on my journey. There have been times I've actually seen contracts and what will happen with clients in my dreams before they've actually occurred. And that's how I know, like, this is not, you can't make this stuff up. You can't, there's no way you can make that up. And I have really leaned on God, especially at times where I don't know how to make a choice. And I will literally pray and say, please bring me some divine thoughts, bring me divine creativity, bring me divine ideas. And I promise you, if you ask what you need, you will receive every single time. And it's, it, has, it has played out in this business. I mean, in the last three or four months, we have seen more success than we'd ever seen since we launched this company. And I truly had to turn my face to God more than I ever did before. When I first launched, you know, I was really prayerful and I was focused, but I have never had to lean on him this way of not knowing anything, you know, having to go on unemployment at first when we didn't know, because I, I had to make sure I applied to make sure I had something to fill in the gaps. But to go from that space to seeing some immense success that I have ne that we had not even, we're, we're only a little over a year in. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an absolute blessing. And so, yes, I believe that faith is so important to have in your company in some shape or form. And, and honestly, believe it or not, our principles as a company are based in my values as a Christian. Now, the, our company, it's, it's, we don't, we're, we're, we're open to everybody, right? So we serve every single person. We never push our values on anyone, but I'm also not afraid to share and to show God through me. Um, I always say to people through me, they see him. I don't have to go and preach to everybody, you know, this and that, but I, I show the, his love and I show his compassion, his empathy through the work I do and through the person that I am. And honestly, it has changed my life. And I, I'm just, I am so grateful. I, I, people don't understand just how freeing it can be when you just allow yourself to lay your troubles on something greater to, than you and knowing that they are going to want the best for you. Like I know that I'm going to prosper, that's done. It may suck in the moment. And there are moments where I'm like, I know I'm going through something hard, but I know that it's going to equal a positive outcome. There is no other alternative. That is my equation. God already told me that was my equation. So having that belief and trust it has changed everything for me. So I don't, I don't, I experience nervous moments. I cry. I have emotional moments. I may have some moments where I start to experience a mini breakdown, but it is nothing like I had experienced in the past. This, this, the peace I feel is really indescribable. There, 
they say like every business is the uh, the people business, right? And when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with ego. And when you're dealing with money or mm -hmm. attention or success, that amplifies ego and the good parts of it and the bad parts of it. And it seems like having both from an entrepreneurial perspective or a mental health perspective, having that kind of higher power, whatever it is for you would be very much an element of like, oh, okay, right. The, 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 the world of matter here, all this shit around me, it, it doesn't matter as much as the, 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 the real shit, the love, the soul, the ethics, that kind of stuff, family. And, and having that sort of reminder where it's like, Hey, it's not about you, Dick. It's about getting <laughs> good work done for the world. Whatever. If you think that is because it's for, you know, God's creation, or if it's to bring about, you know, the golden age or, or whatever it is. Um, I, I definitely can see that there's been, um, it's funny seeing kind of spaces or, or subcultures kind of evolve. Right. Um, there, there are kind of two examples. One is I, um, I remember watching a lot of some of the earlier men's work stuff. I was always kind of tangentially like watching it. I was never really hopping in at all, but I was kind of watching it. And I remember there was a, a hot moment where those guys were really fucking cringy about five, 10 years ago, where it was all pickup artist stuff mm -hmm. and whatever mm -hmm. they were doing. And I'm like, Y'all going to want to get married probably by the end of the decade, but have fun, right? <laughs> by the end of the decade, they're all coming back and they're like, I, I've had sex with so many women. I don't even need to be alive anymore. This is terrible. Oh I want to die. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Funny how that works. Mm -hmm. And I see now in the entrepreneurship space, a very similar thing where five, 10 years ago, when we were on that, like I, I was a kid back then. So maybe I'm talking out of turn, but like after 08, the market went way down. Mm -hmm. And as it started to come up, it's almost natural. It's not a bad thing, but you need that. Um, we're fucking human beings. We can do anything. <laughs> and I'm fuck it. I'm not going to be poor. Like I was in 2008. I'm going to get a Lambo and we're going to do And it was just very much like idealization of entrepreneurship and Hopefully the market, you know, after COVID keeps growing and it's good times for everybody, but obviously COVID has been a bit of a, been a bit of a dip. And I've been seeing a lot more entrepreneurs, whether it's on in Twitter, on that space, or in general, talking about the importance, not of mindset. It's no longer money mindset. It's, mm -hmm. it's like spirituality. I see like entrepreneurs a freaking good Facebook ad strategy last month talking about synchronicity now. And I'm like, Good. Yeah. It's good. about being a good person. I mean, it really truly is because there are so many people out there who just are really bad people and, and truly just use people and truly just manipulate people. And I think we're in a world now where it's like, you know, it's just not, you're no longer rewarded for that. I mean, and, and I, it never should have been a reward. It never should have been rewarded for people to treat people like crap, period. I mean, as entrepreneurs, you know, as business owners, we, I believe I hold a responsibility. My team members' dreams I hold a personal connection to the things and the goals they have. If there are ways that I can help leverage and push their goals and visions and through our brand, I will do that if we can find ways to make it work. I had one of my team members, she loves doing leftovers cookies. Well, stress management, learning how to make leftovers saves you time and energy. You don't have to be stressed out. I allowed her to share her blogs in our blog. Or another one of my team members, she does spoken word. I just found out. Now we're recording spoken word pieces for her because that's a part of mental health. And so... It's about being a good human. And I honestly believe that when you do right by other people, 
your blessings will come. I mean, for example, the Kenya retreat was a great a great situation. I was in a really tough place because we pretty much had to refund back everything we made. I mean, literally. And there was things that I bought and had to pay for that were not refundable. Or I could, I mean, it was, it was a sunk cost. So we actually ended up going from being okay, just as a launching business, still a little bit in the red, to like the red red. Because we had to get, we had to literally, it's like we literally went from zero to zero, 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 zero. We had nothing. And the fact is, I still chose to give my travelers discounts. I still made sure to give them back everything, even knowing that I had to buy some things that, but it wasn't their fault, right? We had a whole pandemic and they probably needed the money just as much as anybody else. And to have faith that I was gonna be okay, it took a lot. Many people would want to hold that money. They probably would want to hold on to it. They probably want to keep things out of fear or say, I'm going to keep your deposit, even though, you know, we have a, I mean, I had a policy, but that doesn't apply when it's a pandemic, yeah. you know? So just being okay and, and having faith that it will work out. And we have gotten tenfold. We have made back all the money that we lost from Kenya or whatever and more. And we're in a better place to come into a stronger year next year. We've had more, our last few months have been so strong. And it's because I really truly believe that we, we do things out, we rather do things that potentially may hurt us, but are the right thing for people rather than just doing things that benefit us. And I think it's the truth. I think that's what really is the new success. And it should have been that way all along. Yeah, I I, I really hope that that kind of catches on and that that's what, um, you know, the standard of success is, is like, yeah, you want to be able to want to eat, you want to Maybe you want to get some nice clothes. Yeah. That's cool. But like, that doesn't mean anything if everyone fucking hates you because you're a dick. Like, yeah, no fire festival here. <laughs> no fire yeah. festival. I mean, so, you know, the show's called Making a Scene. So clearly you are going to be capable of making quite a scene, I think, in, in this world with your business and, and just as a person. But specifically, right, like you came from this background and you've already done so much and you have this unique approach to what you're doing, but what kind of a scene do you want to make? What kind of change or legacy? What kind of story do you want to tell through your business? People look back 40, 50, 100 years from now, like she made a scene. What, what, what's the scene? I love that. You know, one of the biggest things that always stuck with me from when I started Project Passport was hoping that people could find joy in every single day that they live. You know, even despite the painful things or whatever the circumstance that we're facing, I just wanted to help people figure out how to mine even that little piece of joy out of every single day, even if it's a gratitude moment or whatever that looks like. So on my retreats, I think of the experience like everyone is going to have their moment, right? In, the, in that given course of five hours, every single person in that retreat has a different moment. It could be from the start of the retreat. It can be the very end. It can be somewhere in the middle. I pray that that moment stays with these people for the rest of their lives. If it's that one activity that they needed to hear or do, that one motivational mini speech that I give that they needed to hear, that one, that one message, that one just meditative moment that allowed them to have that breakthrough, I hope that it, they truly carry it because that's what I look for. Like every single person, I can have a retreat of 100, a retreat of eight people, it doesn't matter. I, my goal is that people can find that moment from that experience and they can carry that into the rest of their lives and continue to use that to help them find and mine joy. We all deserve to be in the driver's seat of our lives. We all deserve that spot. And I think we so much, so many times give that spot up willingly 
to other people. We give it up to, to things. We give it up to circumstance. And I think that as human beings, if we just would realize how powerful we are, we could have that control of our lives that we seek. Um, and we can have that that just joy and that peace, that, that still ever sitting peace in our hearts, despite what is happening, even when the hurricane's going on around you. Um, and so that's what I hope to bring. And, I, and I, I hope it starts with Project Passport and that ripple just continues even when my time is up here on this earth. I love it. Yeah, they, they say, uh, you know, but too many people become billionaires with dollars that it's not impressive anymore. Now we want to become billionaires by smiles or billionaires by impact. So let's make a, let's make a billion people smile, right? Yes, I love it. Sounds good to me. Beautiful. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming up close on an hour, but I can tell, I, I, could, I could probably talk to you about this for, for <laughs> hours. I'm really fascinated by everything you're doing. And I think a lot of people listening are too. So if anyone listening wants to find you, what's the best place to find you, find Project Passport? What, what should they do if they want to go deeper with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a women's division and we have company division right now. So you can go to project-passport.com. That is the best place to contact us. Um, you can get to me there, my emails on there, everything you need on project-passport.com. Also a great way to follow what we're up to is you can visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Project Passport LLC. Beautiful. I highly encourage everybody to do that. Check them out. Check Sabria out. Um, Sabria, it's been an absolute joy to have you on today. Thank you for making a scene with me. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. All right, guys, that was one hell of an episode. Thank you for watching or fast forwarding to see my beautiful face in a different shirt again. Guys, I loved talking with Sabria. I hope to do it again real, real soon. Um, definitely give her a follow. All of her links are down below, but you can find project dash passport.com and learn more about her upcoming digital retreats. And hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, when COVID's no longer a thing, there will be uh, uh, in-person retreats all over the place, events, workshops, whether it's Kenya or America or anywhere else. So please do check that out. Mental health is important stuff. And she seems to be leading the charge on, on revolutionizing our approach to it. So do check it out. And again, if you are a gig economy master or a gig economy apprentice, or you are thinking of getting into the gig economy, or you're a gig economy veteran, however long you've been working in events, marketing, or the creative field, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you in the Artworks group. I want to talk to you at facebook.com slash groups slash Artworks group about how we can do work together that matters for people who love it, for people who appreciate the beauty and the usefulness and the enjoyment of the work that we do. I'm, I'm trying to build a partnership economy in the Artworks group, and we've gotten a lot of people paid work. Uh, where they keep the freedom of being a freelancer, but with the community and camaraderie of being part of a team and a family and a community. So if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, I hope it does, check out facebook.com slash groups slash artworks group. And if you enjoyed this show or you enjoyed hearing from me and want to see any other projects that I'm up to or follow me on social media, all of the links are down below. Check it out. I will see you soon. Thank you for making a scene with me today. Please wear your seatbelt. Please eat your broccoli. Please don't skip school. Please be nice to your mother. Please have a good day. Okay, you hang up. Bye.